everybody. Come on, good morning, everybody. How you doing this morning? It is good to see all of you. Let's all stand this morning. We are going to start uh, with some wonderful worship. Amen. What can wash away our sins? Anybody know what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Here we go. Turn your ear to heaven and hear the noise inside, the sound of 
Let's take just a moment, if you would, uh, put your smile on your face. Some of you need to work on that. Uh, somebody smile at me. All right, there you go. Now, uh, go around, tell somebody how glad you are to see them. Greet one another in the Lord, and we'll continue to worship in just a moment. So good to see everybody this morning. Uh, you can find your place and you can be seated. We're going to have a few announcements, all right? Awesome. So good to see everybody. If you would, find your place and uh, you can be seated. We're going to have just a few announcements this morning. not stop talking that's good that's good <laughs> that is some good fellowship all right if I can get you to be seated <laughs> hey we are so glad that you're here this morning and uh, first uh, first things first if you are a visitor today uh, we don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to get a record of your visits. So Brother Gary has uh, some visitor's cards. Lift your hand if you are a first-time visitor today, and uh, Brother Gary will get you a card, all right? Anybody else? Take one right back there. Brother Gary, thank you for being here. Fill that out. Put it in the offering basket when you go by at the end of the service. And uh, we're so glad you're here. Anybody else today? Anybody else? All right. All right. So glad you're here. Uh, Miss Vicki Allison back with us today. Miss Vicki, I'm so glad you're here today. We've been praying for you and Brother Jack, amen, and continue to pray for them. Well, it's so good to, to have you here today. Uh, just a couple things. Remember, we started back in 2022. Uh, we are, uh, we're jumping on that horse and riding it, amen. And so uh, we jumped back in, had a wonderful time Wednesday night. The building was full, had a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, so don't forget uh, all of our Wednesday activities. We have a Wednesday morning Bible study from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., uh, come, bring donuts. You bring them, we'll eat them. Uh, and uh, we jump into the Word and uh, just have a wonderful time. And then on Wednesday nights, if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, you're missing out. Come, we have a full dinner at 6 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, we have a youth service in this room right here, a kids service in the middle rooms, and then the adults meet in the fellowship hall. Uh, so we've got something for all ages. Don't forget also Sunday school. We do have Sunday school at 10 a.m. every Sunday, so come. We have that for all ages. And, uh, man, just uh, want to give you a praise report. Uh, we've been praying. A family needed help with a car. Guess what? God provided the car. Prayers were answered. Amen. Amen. And uh, then, uh, hey, we are going to start something. Uh, I've been actively involved with uh, Celebrate Recovery at both Green Acres and Friendly Baptist for, for several years. And uh, we are not to the point where we can do a full-on uh, Celebrate Recovery yet. But we do want to start kind of working towards that. Uh, we had a, a memorial service in here yesterday for a young lady who had spent her entire life 
She'd uh, battled with her own addictions. God had helped her overcome those, and she'd spent her whole life uh, helping people uh, do the same thing. And this room yesterday was full of recovering addicts and uh, and God doing that. And, you know, I, I, as I'm sitting back there, I was just here kind of running sound, making sure they had everything they needed. But as I'm sitting back there thinking, this, this is really what the church needs to look like. Amen. Uh, God has called the church to be a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints. All right. And so uh, you need to understand that, that we, this... This place should be full of alcoholics, drug addicts. It should be full of people who need the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so uh, so I want to encourage you, go and bite somebody. But on that note, we are going to start a life recovery class. And we're just going to start as a class, where, again, before we do a full-on deal. Brother Tracy Cantlin has the book there, uh, and he's going to start it off for us. It's a 12-week class uh, for addiction recovery. And listen, uh, we can get real self-righteous sometimes about addiction. Can I tell you, everybody in this room's got an addiction. Uh, any sin that you have in your life is an addiction. You can be addicted. Now, we think of the big three. We think of drugs, alcohol, pornography. But guess what? Uh, you can be a gossip, and you're addicted to gossip. Uh, you can be a shopaholic. You can be a, a, an addict to shopping. You can uh, be a workaholic. You can be uh, just about anything that we struggle with in our life, uh, sin Sin in and of itself is an addiction, amen? And so maybe you're codependent. Maybe you have all kinds of things. Maybe you struggle with anger. That's a big one these days. Maybe you have anger issues. This is for all of that, all right? Anything that you have issues with. So if you would be interested in that, we, we just now kind of want to get it started. Uh, you can see me or see Brother Tra Tracy. Raise your hand over there. That's Terry's brother. If you had a minute. He just moved back to Tyler, and so uh, he, he wants to jump right in. And uh, he is a licensed counselor and uh, has uh, been working on that for year, several years. And just uh, so he's great. And uh, when I preached last week on don't sit on the sideline, he said, Brother Mark, uh, I, this is what I can do. Amen. And so that's wonderful. So, so either see Brother Tracy or myself. And then uh, don't forget we have a men's fellowship on Saturday, January 22nd. 10 a.m. Men, we're going to feed you brunch. Uh, we started too early last time. Couldn't get some of y'all out of the bed. So we're going to do 10 a.m. this time. Brother David Burke's going to do the cooking for us. Uh, so you know it's going to be good. I'll stay away from cooking uh, so that you know it's good. And uh, we're just going to have a good time uh, with all the men. All right. I think that is everything. So let's stand and we're going to continue to worship. All right. For God so loved the world. Amen.
want to share with you before we sing this next song. This is another one of my favorites to sing. Great is thy faithfulness because he's always faithful. He's the only one that's faithful sometimes in our lives because we're imperfect people. So we fail each other. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. So Psalms 105 says, For the Lord is good, and his love, it endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen.
praise you this morning. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your promises, God. Morning by morning, you say your mercies are new. And all that I've ever needed, you've provided. You're a good, good father. Lord, it's always your will, not my will. Father, just pray that you would just make us understand, God, that your way is perfect. Your timing is perfect. And as we go through these valleys and then we come back up to the mountaintop, we can look and just see how good you've been to us and how you've orchestrated everything to be exactly what it needed to be, that you cared for your children to understand that this is the way it's going to go, but it's okay because you walk through that path with us. You carry us through the times that we can't carry ourselves. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you now for what you're going to speak to us. Lord, show us your word that we can apply it to our hearts. And thank you for this wonderful, beautiful day you've given us to serve you in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Come on, good morning. good morning. It's good to see you this morning. We have a wonderful children's church. Uh, so if you've got children that would like to go do that, we have wonderful workers. Give our children's church workers a big hand as always. Um, they spend time with those wonderful children of God so you can focus in here. Amen. So uh, their job is to handle them. Your job is to focus. Uh, so we'll see, and I'll try not to put you to sleep. All right. Um, we've been talking about uh, from Isaiah chapter 9, the names of God that is given in Isaiah chapter 9. And I remind you again that uh, Isaiah was prophesying all this about Jesus 700 years before Jesus ever shows up. So it's pretty amazing some of the prophecies, and they are dead on with Jesus. You'd think you were reading about somebody that was witnessing it, but it was all of this was written about Jesus 700 years before Jesus ever shows up. So pretty amazing. But let's go to Isaiah 9, 6. That's been our key verse uh, for these few weeks. And it says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. That's where we're going to be today. And the next week, Prince of Peace. Amen. And so, uh, man, God is good to us. Uh, what I'm going to share with you today is actually um, kind of a Father's Day message. And in fact, I think I may have even uh, hit a lot of this on Father's Day. Because... Uh, one of the main names that's given to God is our heavenly what? Father. And so uh, I find that people can have a real distorted view of God sometimes based upon their relationship with their earthly father. You see, many times we make the mistake of looking uh, at God through the lens of our earthly father, and that's a big mistake. It should be the other way around. Us as earthly fathers, we should be looking uh, through ourselves through the lens of scripture and the lens of God's life. Uh, and my greatest uh, uh, accomplishment uh, is in being a father is trying to be like God, trying to be his example and not the other way around. If you had a, so here's, here's where a lot of people stumble though. A lot of people have a real hard time with God, especially 
when they get saved and the first time that word comes up, heavenly father. The word father, if you had a bad father or a father maybe that was non-existent or that didn't show up or left, whatever the case may be, uh, that can give you a real sour taste in your mouth towards that word father. And so many Christians uh, they, that had a bad relationship with their father, they get saved and they hear that word heavenly father and they just have a real bad taste. They have a lot of negativity towards that word. And so they begin to uh, look at God through that lens and they say, well, God must be mean like my daddy was mean. Or God must not really love me because, you know, I never, my daddy never said, I love you. Or my daddy never told me, I'm proud of you. And so you, you can see where a lot of times that can affect our thinking and it can give people this distorted view of God. And uh, I want to tell you today, uh, I don't know what your story is with your father. Quite honestly, in a room this size with this many people, there's uh, many, many different stories. And if you had a good Christian father who tried his best, now listen, uh, you need to be, we need to be a little bit more gracious towards fathers. Amen. Kids, I'm going to tell y'all, be gracious towards daddy. Because guess what? There is no such thing. There's only one perfect father, and that's God. Amen. Uh, as fathers, uh, I'd like to think I tried, I, I did a lot of it right, but guess what? I also know I did a lot of it wrong. And I know I didn't always have the patience I needed to have. I know I didn't always uh, have the loving and compassionate heart that I needed to have. And so as fathers, we're imperfect just like you are. So cut dad some slack is what I'm telling you uh, because we're all just trying to do the best we can. And you have a short time frame. If you hadn't discovered yet, when you have kids, they grow up real quick. And you blink and it's over. And you only get one shot at most of it. And so we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. And uh, I, I want to tell you today, I was not a perfect father. Uh, I, I always tell you all, as, as your preacher, I want to have complete transparency. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I was not a perfect father. I didn't do everything the right way. There were many times that I... Uh, was in the flesh rather than in the spirit when I was parenting. And so uh, I was not a perfect father. But I want to tell you this today, that your, your heavenly father is a perfect father. He's the one you can count on. And he's the one you can go running into his arms. And it doesn't matter what your relationship with your earthly father was. But let's, I, I kind of want to camp out on this. So let's look at um, our earthly father where we can get some of this messed up thinking, all right? Our earthly father, there's three different kinds or maybe three different things that we can have. Maybe you had a father who was never satisfied. Maybe you had one of those perfectionistic fathers or those real high uh, high expectation fathers. And you, f you just felt like growing up, you were never good enough. There was nothing ever good enough. No matter what grade you made, if you got an A, all A's on your report grade, he wanted to know why you didn't have A pluses. If you had a 3.8, he wanted to know why you didn't have a 4.0. Maybe you grew up under a daddy that just had very high expectations. Maybe they never told you they were, maybe he never told you he was proud of you. Maybe he never encouraged you in your dreams and your ambitions. And so maybe you had an, a father, an earthly father who was never satisfied. And so maybe you think that's what your heavenly father's like. He's never going to be happy with me. This is where many people get into a performance mentality with God. They feel like, in order for God to be happy with me, I have to perform, and I have to perform perfectly. Listen, can I tell you this today? Let me set, this may set somebody in the room free today. God loves you just like you are. You do not have to perform for him. 
You do not have to be perfect for him. You don't have to have a perfect 4.0. Guess what? God loves you just like you are. You know, I, I was telling uh, our, our band and stuff when we were praying in the office before we come out here, I said, you know, uh, and I was talking about that service yesterday, I said, you know, it, it was messy. You could tell by the group of people it was. It was a messy group of people. But I'm here to tell you, ministry is messy. And if you're going to reach people and help people come out of their sin and come out of their addictions, it's going to be messy. But I'm here to tell you one thing is uh, you got to learn, if you're going to be in ministry like that, you've got to learn to love people right where they're at. You can't say, you need to go get your act together first, and then you can come in here. That is not what the church is about. This is a hospital. This is like an ER unit. And you need to say, and somebody might come in, and maybe they're a little uh, drunk, or maybe they're a little hungover from the night before, and we can get real self-righteous, can't we? Say, well, how dare them come to church like that? Excuse me? How dare us thinking they sh this is not the one place they should be? Of all places to be, this is where they should be. The, the alcoholic from the night before, the drug addict who's maybe still on their high and still hadn't come down off of it. It doesn't matter what it is. This is a hospital, and we need to be bringing them in, bringing them in, and bringing them in. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because many people get into these addictions because of some of the stuff we're talking about this morning. They, they fall into addiction because they're trying to fill holes that maybe their earthly father, their earthly parents, maybe their life didn't turn out the way they wanted it to turn out. So what do we do? We turn to alcohol to numb the pain. We turn to drugs to numb the pain. We turn to pornography to numb the pain. We turn to all sorts of things, our anger to cover up the pain. I know many people, they have anger issues today, and one of the main things they're mad at, they, they're always got to be mad at somebody, but they got to have some place to place their anger. So many times, guess what? God gets the anger. I'm angry at God. Why did God do this? My life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, and so I'm angry at God. I don't have a, we just sang that song, Good, Good Father. There'd be a lot of people say, I ain't singing that. I don't think he's good. He hadn't done nothing for me. In fact, my life's turned out a mess. And so many people want to blame God. because, and, and many times it's because of those daddy, those daddy issues that we have. Maybe you had a father who was never satisfied, it was never good enough, and you feel like that's what God is like. I can't please him. I'm not going to come to God because I can't please him. It's never enough. He will never say I love you. He will never say I'm proud of you. He will never encourage me, and that's the way they feel like the Heavenly Father is. Maybe you had a father who is always angry. Kind of touched on this one. Maybe you had even a point to you had an abusive father. Maybe he was physically abusive or verbally abusive or maybe even sexually abusive. Listen, the reality is there are a lot of terrible things that happen in this world. Here's the thing we need to understand. You and I live in a sinful, broken world. Now, that's not God's fault. Guess what? We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Sin entered into the world, and because sin entered into this world, it became an imperfect place. It became a broken place. And it will always be that way until we go and be with the Lord. This is a broken, sinful world. And many people, they are just angry, angry, angry. Uh, road rage used to be somebody honking their horn at you. What did road rage turn into? Road rage, you and me, ends up you can get shot. Somebody can pull up next to you, roll their window down, and shoot you because you cut them off. 
That's what it's turned into. Anger issues. There are so many people that are just bitter and angry. Do you know any people like that? Don't don't point at them. Uh, There's people that are just angry and bitter. I know people that look like this all the time. They just look like, that's just their face, you know? Man, I don't want to live like that. I hope you don't want to live like that. But some people, you know what? The face becomes a window to the heart, doesn't it? And so many times that's what you see. That that face is just a, a window into their heart. They're just angry and bitter. And many times they're angry and bitter at themselves. They're angry and bitter because they didn't do better. But I'll tell you, a lot of times it gets placed on God, okay? Third kind of father maybe you had. Maybe you had a father who is seldom there. Maybe your father walked out on your family. Maybe you didn't even know your father. Maybe, uh, maybe you did know your father, but he was a workaholic, and so he was gone all the time. I knew a guy, his testimony was, when I was little, my mother would cover up my dad's alcoholism by saying every day after work, he would go to, he was going to the office. Well, the office was code for the bar. And he said, so I was a little kid. I was thinking, man, my dad, he works hard to provide for us. He's always at the office. And that was code because mom was in denial and did not want to admit to the problem, didn't want to pass that on to the kid. And so anytime he would ask where dad was, oh, he's at the office. And he was actually down at the bar getting drunk, trying to cover up those problems. Amen. Can anybody here tell me what happens when you try to fill your void with alcohol? It'll mess your life up, won't it? It'll mess your life up. What happens when you try to fill that void with drugs? It'll mess your life up. It'll break you. It will break you like nobody's business. What happens when you try to fill that void with unhealthy relationships and sexual relationships? Listen, you can please the flesh for a little while, but pleasing the flesh will never satisfy the soul. We must understand that. If you're struggling today, you can never fill that void. I know it's an old cliche, but it is true. There is a God-sized hole in there that nothing's going to fill except him. You can't fill it with alcohol. You can't fill it with drugs. You can't fill it with sex. Only he can fill and supply and meet that need. Amen. All right. Um, So let's go to some more scripture. Psalms. 103 verses 8. Our, uh, we're going to look at our everlasting father, and we're going to look at three things about him, and then we're going to be done. Number one, our everlasting father is compassionate. He's compassionate. Two scriptures on this one. Psalm 103, 8 says this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, Ooh, slow to anger, and he is abounding in mercy. Man, that's, that's good, isn't it? And then the second verse is Matthew 11, 28 and 29. And Jesus said these very words. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you would like rest? Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's your heavenly father. Your heavenly father loves you. He wants you to know he loves you. He wants you to know he's proud of you, and he wants you to rest. You know what Jesus is saying? Again, let me set from it. some of you type A personalities. I'm not a type A personality. 
I'm a dreamer. I'm not good with the details. Now my wife, as you know, opposites attract. Amen. My wife, she's a type A personality. She loves lists. I find lists all over the place that she puts her list down. And she a good day for her is when she's checked off all the boxes on the list. Amen. That ain't me at all. I don't even know where my list is. If I made it, I've already lost it. Amen. And so type A's. Let me set some of you type A's free, though. You do not have to perform for God. God doesn't care if you get everything on the list done that day. God loves you right where you And God even says this. I believe God says this. Rest. Settle down. Quit being so anxious. In fact, it was the Bible says it. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Rest. Quit trying so hard. Many times we feel like, and this is, uh, again, this becomes a stumbling block to people because they feel like that, that gospel y'all preach, that's too easy. That whole thing about for God so loved the world and all we got to do is come to him, that's too easy. No, because my daddy, my daddy was, you had to toe the line and you had to do this, 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 and this. And surely God is like that too. Surely there's more to it. I have to perform. I have to do something. Can I just set your mind at ease? God says, I will accept you just as you are. Remember the old hymn, just as I am. You don't have to perform. You don't have to become perfect. You don't have to get into a situation where God is only going to be happy with me if I do this, 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 and this. Rest in him. Come to me, all you who are weary. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul many of us we 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 live the christian life like it's head down tail up and we're we're in a sprint we're in a hundred yard dash and i'm here to god says slow down this is not a hundred yard dash in fact when it talks about a race it ain't never talking about a sprint it's talking about long distance running remember what paul said i have run the race well guess what that race is a long race, and you have to pace yourself. S running a sprint and running cross country is two different things, isn't it? Now, you can tell by my physique I've never done either one of those. <laughs> but I hear, I hear they are two totally different things. In a sprint, what is it? you got to get started off fast, you got to run as fast as you can, and you got to finish fast. But in long-distance running, the coaches will tell you it's pace yourself because you're going to have to have enough in the gas tank at the end to make a kick to finish strong. And if you spend all that at the beginning, you're not going to have enough at the end. So here's what God says. It's a race, but it's, it's a long distance. Rest. Take your time. It's a long race. Okay? All right. Um, you'll never do anything to earn God's love. God loves you for your relationship, not your performance. I should have made a slide on this but because this is really good. God loves you for your relationship with him, not your performance for him. He loves you because you entered into a blood covenant relationship with him. And you said, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I ask you to come into my heart. You entered into a blood relationship with him. And it's, he loves you because of your relationship, not because you can perform for him. Okay. Um, all right. Number two thing. Our everlasting father is one who cares. He cares for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. We probably all know this one, but we're going to. This one goes good. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace 
and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, maybe your earthly father's attitude was this. Bless God, when you become 18, you're on your own. And maybe your heavenly father didn't give you any encouragement. He didn't encourage you. He didn't ask you what your dreams and your ambitions were and what do you want to grow up to be and what do you Maybe your heavenly father, maybe your earthly father didn't have any of that. I'm here to tell you your heavenly father thinks about you constantly. And he says, "I know the thoughts I have towards you." And guess what? They are thoughts of peace and not evil, and they are to give you a future and a hope. Your Heavenly Father cares what you do. Your Heavenly Father cares. Do you think God cares what you end up doing for a living? Yes, He does. Don't be stupid. <laughs> now, Brother Mark, you're being blunt again. I know. It's the only way I know how to be. Don't be stupid. What you'd end up doing for a living is going to dictate where, where you end up living the people you end up hanging around, the people you end up having relationships with, the people that will have influence on you, and the people that you will have influence on them. All of that is dictated by several things, one of which will be your career. You will spend a whole lot more time with your work family almost than you do your real family. And so why is that important? Because guess what? They're going to influence you in a good or a bad way. Depends on who it is. And you're going to be an influence on them. Hopefully, you're going to be the light that shines in the darkness. You're not going to be the candle that's snuffed out because you were surrounded by all these people and you just let them influence you. We are to be that lamp and put it on a lampstand. We're to shine in the darkness. But guess what? If, here's what I find. If you end up in a bad work environment and you end up in a very uh, hostile towards Christianity work environment, you know what's probably going to happen if you're not strong? It's going to tear your Christianity down. It will tear your relationship down, and it will turn you into one of them. So it's very important what you end up deciding to do. Where you Once you decide what career, then where am I going to work? Does God care about where you work, where you live? Of course he does, because all of that has to do with the influences that will be a part of your life. I'm a, I'm a product here now at 59 years of age uh, in a few days. Uh, not yet. I know my wife says, don't rush it. It'll come quick enough. Uh, I'll be 59 in a few days. But I'm here to tell you, after all this time, I'm a product after all these years of everybody that's been around me, everything that's influenced me, every job I've ever done, be it uh, from the bus boy at 16 years old, all the way to serving God in different churches. All of that has influenced who I am today and where I'm standing at today and what I'm doing for God today. All right. That and individual decisions in my life, be they good or bad. And I'm here to tell you, I've made some good ones and I've made some bad ones. But I'm here to tell you, God cares for you. Your Heavenly Father loves and cares about everything that goes on in your life. Um, somebody needs to hear this this morning. He is not angry with you. God is not angry with you. Many people have a hard time with that. They think, if I mess up, God's mad at me. He's just like my daddy was. My daddy was fine as long as you were towing the line. But the minute that I got out of line and the minute that I made a mistake, my daddy became mean. And he was angry. My dad became angry with me. And so many people, again, transfer that over to God. And they think God's, God is always angry with me because I can't ever do anything right. How many of y'all besides me sin every day? Please, somebody raise your hand. Okay. 
That means if, if I have a problem with this, I sin every single day. Do something wrong. Might be a little small thing, but every day I do something wrong. So if I have this problem and I think that every time I mess up, God is angry at me, guess what I'm saying? I'm pretty much conveying that God's angry with me every single day. Listen, you don't have to perform for God. He loves you right where you're at. Does that mean he's, he loves it when you do wrong? No. But guess what? He loves you right where you are. In the same way, if you're a good father, you love your children regardless. Your kids never stop being your kids, do they? Even when they make bad decisions, your kids never stop being your kids. And so a good daddy loves his kids right where they're at and says, I'm going to love you no matter what. If you make a really bad mistake, guess what? You're probably going to have to pay the consequences of that mistake, but I'm your daddy. I'll never stop being your daddy. You'll never stop being my son or daughter, and I love you no matter what. Some of you need to be set free by that right there, that he, your daddy loves you. Your heavenly father loves you no matter what. No matter what, you will never stop. That's why the Bible says that uh, you, nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. Once you become his child, you're his child forever. And he loves you. Even when you mess up, that does not make you stop being his child. Okay? All right. He is one who cares. All right? Uh, he's not angry with you. He's loving you when you do the right thing, and he's loving you when you do the wrong thing. Last one is this, and I want this one to be the most powerful. Our everlasting Father is always there. Scripture is Hebrews 13, 5. It says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, big, big H, he himself, God, has said, I will what? Never. What, what does never mean? How long is never? Never means never. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Forsake you means I will never leave you. I will never walk away from you. Okay? We'll never walk away from you. God's promises to you and to me. Uh, I don't know what you're going through with your Heavenly Father, but your Heavenly Father will wrap his arms around you, and he will be your Prince of Peace, and he will never let you go. I've asked Brother Buck. Brother Buck, would you come down here and stand right here? I'm going to interview Brother Buck. Many times when I ask people to give their testimonies, uh, I interview them because there's certain things in their testimony I want you to hear. And um, I'm going to let Brother Buck come down here. Hello, hello. Hello. Brother Buck, um, one of the reasons I wanted Brother Buck to give his testimony is because you look at him standing here, dang, you think, Brother Buck's always had it together. Don't, don't he look like he's always had it together? <laughs> but Brother Buck got saved late in life. And uh, Brother Buck, uh, by his own admission, was, was an old drunk. And God had to get a hold of him. And guess what? He wasn't an old drunk by mistake. He grew up in it. And so, uh, Brother Buck, just tell everybody a little bit about you, how you grew up and, and uh, growing up in, in your home and your family and how you ended up um, having a problem with alcohol. Well, uh, start off, I was eight years old when I first had my first hangover. Both sides of my family were drunkards. They loved the booze, and I, I did too. 
just be truthful, I never drank anything I didn't like. I liked it all. But one, one thing, and I'll be honest with you, I could not stand lemon extract. It was too strong. <laughs> Had that in rubbing alcohol. <laughs> but all of the other, I like it. And I continue to like it. Both sides of my family were, like I said, was drunkards. They, they didn't stay drunk every day, but they liked their, their little toddy. So that was my life until I was 38 years old. And tell us what happened at 38, brother, to, to turn you around. Well, you mentioned things that are not, not very pleasant to talk about, but would you believe that a septic tank had an influence on, uh, on my life? <laughs> My, my brother-in-law, Brother Ken's uh, second wife and her husband, he was still alive at that time. We had trouble at, with our septic system at the church, a little country church of a Hebrew Baptist. So he called my brother-in-law out and Brother Mike was our pastor then, and uh, he took care of our system. And Lord Brother Mike, he witnessed to my brother-in-law, and he got saved. He and I, my brother-in-law and I, we broke just about every commandment that God had. But he was alcoholic, too. So he invited us to church. Well, I went the next Sunday, and then the following Sunday was Mother's Day. I accepted the Lord and, uh, for my salvation, and uh, consequently, I, it seemed like it just uh, a revival hit my whole family. On my mother's side, my dad's side, and all, we all got saved by consequences of a septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So that's good. Amen. Yeah. So your uh, your daddy, uh, who had kind of taught you to be drunk, he he got saved. He got changed, saved. Changed his life. But my. Real dad, he died when I was 10 years old. He was 35. But he was a bootlegger. He liked it. He made it. And consequently, I learned to like it, and I made, made it, and I sold it, and I, what little I didn't drink. <laughs> so you don't get exposed to something like that to try to make a fortune out of it. So consequently, my dad, he, uh, federal agents got him. He spent six months in the, the federal prison in uh, Sherman, Texas. 
and uh, if that didn't break him, but he still liked it. But he got away from me. I can I can set you up a steal anytime you want it. <laughs> oh, brother Buck, we might not need to get into that, but, amen. But you're gonna have to furnish the material. Amen. All right, y'all give Brother Buck a big hand. We're gonna make him sit down. <laughs> oh Lord. See, that's why I interview him. You gotta if it goes sideways, you gotta intervene there. No, that's good. Now, what I want, why I wanted Brother Buck to share that story is because you need to understand uh, two things. Uh, you, you know what, what ended up Brother Buck doing, and it ended up changing his whole family, was uh, Brother Buck gets saved, and he decides, I'm going to break this generational curse. Because the Bible tells us that the sins of the father are passed down from generation to generation. And so this had started in his family long before Brother Buck. But Brother Buck got saved, and he decided, I'm not going to live like this. And guess what? When you were faced with these things, maybe you were brought up in a terrible environment. Maybe you got a story similar to Brother Buck's. I'm here to tell you, you have a choice. You can either just give in to the devil and just say, you know what? I'm just cursed, and that's just the way I am. So many people today, that's their excuse. Well, Brother Mark, I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. You ever said that? I've heard some people say that. I've heard a lot of people say that. Well, Brother Mark, I'd like to do this. I'd like to be a different man. I'd like to be a different person. But this is just the way I am. Can I tell you, that's a lie. The devil is lying to you. That is not just the way it is. That is not what you have to be. You can be like Brother Buck, and you can find victory because you say, I'm stopping this right here. I am stopping this generational curse. I am breaking these chains right here. And as a result, it had an effect upon his entire family, even that same father that had been a bad example to him. Now, I'm here to tell you, here's what I, here's, it's twofold. Make a decision, whatever you're dealing with, struggling with, that you're going to break the curse today. Make a decision. Julie, you can go ahead and come. Uh, make a decision today that you're going to break the curse. And then it's another, another sermon to all of the fathers in the room. You know, here's what the, be it good or bad, whatever environment you set in your home is going to have an effect on everybody that lives in that home, Right? So if you have a, if your home is just all about alcohol, if your home is all about uh, drugs, if your home is whatever is in your home, if your home is all about anger and bitterness and everybody yelling and screaming, I go to some homes and everybody's yelling all the time. The volume's on 11. And I go in some people's home and I go, why is everybody screaming? Because you get caught up in it, you know, you even get caught up Brother Mark, would you like some tea? Yeah, I'll take some iced tea. Bring it on here now. You, know, you just you get caught up in it because it's like everybody in the house is screaming. And that's the only, that's, that's just normal. So that's what everybody knows. Listen, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a quiet kind of guy. And uh, I like, I'm a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Amen. And that just, that, that grates on me. Amen. When everybody's screaming, everybody's yelling, everybody's, Everybody's tensed up. There's tension in the house. and uh, But, again, it's just what do you grow up in? What are you used to? So the other part of that is fathers, mothers, what kind of environment are you setting in your home? What kind of example are you setting? What is the emphasis in your home? 
because that will have an effect on everybody that lives in that home. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Maybe you're struggling today, and uh, I always want to give it a chance. One of my favorite pictures, there's a painting of a young lady jumping into the arms of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen that painting. It's been circulated on Facebook. And it's, it's just basically a painting of Jesus and this young girl with great joy on her face jumping into the arms of Jesus. And the title of the painting is First Day in Heaven. And I love that painting because it makes me understand that's, that's what God's, he loves you. And that's the joy I, I want to be able to, your, your father is waiting with arms wide open. And guess what? You can run and you can jump into his arms and he is waiting with arms wide open. You don't have to be scared of him. You don't have to think he's mad or angry at you. He is waiting and he wants that hug. He wants to tell you that he loves you. He wants to wrap his arms around. So whatever maybe distorted view of God you've had, get rid of it. End it today. See him as scripture describes him, the prince of peace, mighty God, your everlasting father who loves you and will never leave you and never forsake you. If that's you today, maybe you need to recommit yourself to Christ. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just in your heart and your mind, say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on that cross for my sins. And Lord, the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins and save me. Lord, I want to live my life for you. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you prayed that prayer today as a prayer of salvation or you prayed it as a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Several several hands we're going to have an invitation in just a moment and the altar is going to be open if you raise your hand I wish you'd come to me and just say brother Mark I prayed that prayer for you just so I can pray for you but if you need to come and you need to do business with God this altar is going to be open if you need somebody to pray for you I would be glad to pray for you I'm going to ask brother Martin to be over here on this side he will be glad to pray for you if you need to join the church if you just need to come and just uh, uh, just lay some things at the altar, whatever you need to do. Father, I just ask you that you'd have your, your will and your way in this place this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Julie's going to lead us in song, and uh, the altar is open. You come as you need to.
sing that first verse together. that spoke to you. I hope that uh, you will uh, get a proper view of the Heavenly Father. Uh, man, God is so good to us. And uh, hey, I want to remind you again, uh, we are going to start this uh, life recovery class. We'd like to start it in the next week or two, so you don't need to dilly-dally. Let get, See Brother Tracy or see me. Uh, let us know that you're interested so that we can pick a, a day and a time to do that. Uh, maybe it's not you. Maybe you know somebody else that needs it. And again, go out find those folks, bring them in, bring them in. Amen. And uh, we're going to get this started, try to reach some people. Uh, listen, there's there's a ton of Uncle Bucks out there. Amen. There's a ton of people that are in their sin and they, they're looking for answers. They're looking for a way out. They just need somebody to help them, somebody to guide them. Amen. And, uh, you know, there's so many great programs. Again, like I said, Tracy's involved and I'm involved with Celebrate Recovery at Green Acres and at Friendly. Uh, there's so many places to get help. There's no reason to not get help. You just have to decide you want to go and get the help. Amen. So, uh, man, I, I hope that uh, you will go. Uh, I'm going to remind you, you are leaving this place and you are entering your mission field. So let's live for the Lord. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Amen.